Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Next, on the OHIO podcast, we review Ohio State's win in College Park, Maryland over the Turtles, and we turn the page and look forward to the game. 11-0 Ohio State, 11-0 TTUN, and that all starts right now. It's so easy to be average. You know it as well as I know it. It takes a little something to be special, Don. It takes a little something special to be a great player. We don't have enough great players. To hell with that! We don't want to coach average. I don't want to be around you. Why be around average? I'm proud of our young people in the classroom, in the community, and most especially in 310 days. In Ann Arbor, Michigan, on the football field. Three things. Number one, the team that hits the hardest and the longest, the team that starts the fastest, and the team is too damn smart to make mistakes. If you take it to them, if you don't make mistakes, and you keep taking it to them, hell, there's no question who wins. Buckeye Podcast, by fans, for the fans, where they hate that team up north as much as you do. It's time for the OHIO Podcast. OHIO! Welcome back to the OHIO Podcast, everybody. I'm your host, Buckeye Boggs, recording live from a chilly north central Ohio, but it is a victorious north central Ohio where I am joined by my co-host from Marion, the wild man himself, Chris Wilds. Chris, you staying warm today, buddy? I'm trying, man. I'm trying. I, you know, I, I think I'm still a little warm after watching that game yesterday. You were, you were a little hot under the collar, as the saying goes. A little bit, you know. But I'll tell you what, it was some kind of a day in college football yesterday, Eric. I Wasn't mean, it though? I, if you were in, a top, in the top twenty-five, you struggled unless you were playing a high school team like Alabama did. And even they only scored thirty-eight points. Thirty-four. Thirty-four to nothing against a. What was it, Austin P or Austin something? Austin Yeah, I mean, yeah, it comes was... comes to playing Miami, but you know what? Miami might as well be a high school team at this point, too. Yeah. So. I think Aaron's uh, uh, Thanksgiving Turkey Bowl team could probably do better than what Miami's doing right now. Yeah. Yeah, I have no doubt. Although Aaron's not with us, so we shouldn't make too much fun of his Turkey Bowl team. So uh, Aaron couldn't join us. He's enjoying the uh, an NFL game this afternoon, so – we hope that he enjoys that. I'm sure he'll be back to talk about the game as we get into that. But, Chris, we've got a interesting game to talk about ourselves today. But the good news is is that DraftKings is on its way to the OHIO. Ohio, DraftKings Sportsbook is coming to the Buckeye State. It won't be long until you can bet on all your favorite sports from the comfort of your own home. To celebrate, all new customers will receive $200 in free bets when you sign up today using code OHIOPODCAST. Plus, five lucky customers will win a $100,000 bet. That's right. DraftKings Sportsbook is giving you $200 in free bets just for signing up today. No deposit required. Soon you'll be able to bet on money line spreads, props, and more with one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, DraftKings Sportsbook. Plus, you'll be entered to win a $100,000 free bet when you sign up today. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and sign up with code OHIOPODCAST to get $200 in free bets to use once mobile sports betting hits Ohio. Plus, five customers will win a $100,000 free bet only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code OHIOPODCAST. 
Gambling problem? Call 1-800-589-9966. 21 plus, physically present in Ohio. Eligibility restrictions apply. See terms of DraftKings.com slash sportsbook. Subject to regulatory licensing requirements. One per customer. $200 issued as $825 free bets. No purchase necessary for sweepstakes. Void where prohibited. Ends first day DraftKings is allowed to operate in Ohio. See terms at dking.com slash OH. All right, Chris. Your reaction to yesterday's win over the Turtles. Where do I begin? Uh, you know, it was, I, I think, it was a victory. And like I said, I was very hot under the collar at the beginning of the day, but seeing the way that every team in the top 25 seemed to struggle a week before rivalry week, maybe I was a little bit over the top, but I don't know. Uh, you know, it, it's not good when you see an offense like ours being outgained, albeit it was only by a yard, but Maryland outgained us 402 to 401. Uh, you know, CJ didn't look extremely sharp. Um, it was just, it was at times, I think, painful to watch that offense, especially when Travion Henderson was in there. Um, I really feel like, on a positive note, I think Dallin Hayden came in and performed very well. Uh, you know, the way he hit the holes hard and fast, I think that was something that, you know, we don't get with Travion who has, you know, he's a little more of a scat back type guy. He, he dances a little bit more and uh, you know, that's just not something that we can do against a quality defensive line. Um, and I really felt like we should have defensively handled them better than we did. I think this is probably the first game this year. where I'm going to put a lot of the onus on this on the defense, but, I think it was an all-around struggle. Uh, maybe they were looking ahead. Uh, maybe they underestimated just what Maryland was capable of. I mean, Maryland is a bull-eligible team. They gave that team up north all they wanted. But, uh, yeah, I, I was a little bit disappointed. But the positive is I think Hayden got some, some you know, much-needed reps. And I think that in the long run, that's going to benefit us. Oh, where do I begin? Um, <laughs> this was just a an interesting game to try to analyze. Like you had some really negative things that made us all really upset and hot under the collar, right? But I'm going to go back to 2018. 2018, Ohio State uh, finished the season 13-1. Uh, and one. We won a Big Ten championship. We went on to win a Rose Bowl. Um, we had that terrible loss that season. I believe it was to Purdue. Purdue. And it knocked us out of the CFP. And then the week before we played that team up north, we took a trip over to College Park, Maryland, where we won in overtime 52-51 to 51 and probably should have lost. You want to take a gander at what Maryland's record was in 2018 in that like that that season. Just take a stab at wh- how uh, what that Maryland team was. The record was? Yeah. Uh I'm going to guess 4 and 8. Mm, you're really close. They were 5 and 7. They were 5 and 7. That Maryland team had a decent running game, but they were nowhere near as good as this Maryland football team is. And we saw the Jekyll and Hyde of uh, Talia Tagovailoa. There are weeks where that kid can flat out ball, and he's got all the targets in the world uh, in the passing game to throw to as long as he has – time to use utilize them and throw to him but then you have weeks like he was last week against Penn State when he was just awful just terrible so we we saw good too we saw good Talia unfortunately we ran into good Talia and I agree with you there's some aspects of this defense that we will probably address here in a little bit that I'm very disappointed in and I don't understand why they're doing it um and I don't understand why anybody in the Big Ten media world or, or Ohio State media world is not asking the question. 
and we'll get we will address that later on and 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 the answer to that question is i no one knows like there's no like until the coaches let us know why the cornerbacks are playing 10 yards off yeah every down until someone asks it and they get an answer or the coaching staff lets us know we we don't know like Jim Knowles is there every week to answer questions. I don't know why anybody isn't asking that question. Yeah, Eric, and, and you look at it, when Cam Brown was playing uptight on a man-to-man, did great. he was doing a pretty decent job. Did great. He only got he only gave up one 50-50 ball the whole night, Cam Brown did. Yeah. He's not the issue. And to an exceptional receiver at that. Exactly. So I have no idea what the whole 10 yards off of – I mean, there – Maryland has a third and seven, and we're we're seriously ten yard ten yards off the receivers. Like what 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 are we doing? Like I, I don't know. Like and that tied in, we made him look like an all star. Yeah, he came he came out and uh, kind of ripped through our little um, four two five defense there a little bit. So yeah, there's some issues there. But here's the thing. Here's the good news. This is the takeaway. Maryland only had 84 rushing yards again. Kept another team under 100. Here's what I saw from the game before ours in Ann Arbor. If you can take that running game away from them, they are mediocre offensively at best, at best. And our defense is played the run very, very well all year. So we'll get into that, obviously, in our preview show later this week on forcing that team up north to beat us with the passing game, which I don't think they can. But – Yesterday, that quarterback, Talia Tagovailoa, he was he was game. He was ready for that, and uh, he played played well, dude. And again, a, an athletic running quarterback gives us trouble defensively. Offensively, thank God for Dallin Hayden. Woo! I tell you, you and I both were saying uh, throughout the first half, what is wrong with Travion Henderson? Is he still hurt? Uh, is how you know why is why aren't we seeing the same guy we saw at the beginning of the year? Of course, he had that nice little touchdown pass at the beginning on the first drive, and then from that point on, whenever he had the ball in his hands, he was timid. Uh, he acted like he was not feeling well. He was still hurting. He wasn't seeing the holes at all. I mean, he was just literally running the football left to right and trying to find a hole, and, then, and or then running it right up the backside of a of an offensive lineman. And then as soon as we go to Dallin Hayden, it's like the the running game completely changed, Chris. Yeah. That tells me, as just someone who's an observer of this game, that the issue in the first half was not the offensive line. I don't know what you think, but I, I mean, to me, that's that's on the running on the running back, man. Yeah, he just wasn't hitting the holes fast enough. As a big part of it, I think. You you know so you saw Hayden come in and had that big burst, you know he's he's running 27 carries for 146, and then we've got Henderson with 11 carries for 19 yards, not even averaging two yards a carry. That's completely unacceptable. And, and why and, and why the coaching staff continued to give him the football in the first half? I have no idea. That that was just that was a bad choice on Ryan Day's part. Uh, to continue to put him back out there when he obviously was not the answer. Here's the deal. Like, thank goodness for Dallin Hayden, but he might be right now, Chris, our only answer in the running game. Because I don't know how healthy Mayan Williams is. I thought he would be back. He wasn't. I don't even know he made the trip. Um, This this running back, this running room, running back room right now is just completely depleted. We're hurting. And this is not the time of year to be hurting or the situation to be hurting in. But thank goodness Dallin Hayden seems to seems to have a little bit of giddy up in his uh, in his game. And he's playing very, very well. Did he remind you of another Ohio State number five out there running the ball from time to time? Ooh, number five running the ball. You're not talking about Braxton, are you? No, I'm talking about Michael Wiley. Ooh, little Michael Wiley. Yeah, he, he would look like Michael Wiley out there on a few of them carries. Well, I'll tell you. You know, now that you ask me that question, who does he remind me of? Give me some time to think about that. Because my answer might surprise you. The first thing that popped in my head, 
but I don't know if that's the right answer. So I'm not going to give that answer. So let, give me a little time to think about that. All right, Chris, let's jump into our report cards. And even though Aaron is not with us, he went ahead and watched the game yesterday and sent us all of his uh, all of his grades and Buckeye Leafs. So here we go. Let's start with the offense first, Chris. We had 241 passing yards yesterday, 160 rushing yards, many of which, like you said, were Dallin Hayden's. 401 total yards of offense. That was 5.5 yards per play. We had 26 first downs. We were 8 of 15 on third down. We were 0 and 1, 0 for 1 on fourth down. We held the ball for 30 minutes and 15 seconds, and we had zero turnovers. Aaron gave uh, our offense a C. I gave it a B minus. What did you give it, Chris? Yeah, I went with a C plus on this one. Uh, like I said, I think C. I don't think CJ is 100% right either, whether it's physical, mental, or just chemistry right now. The last few weeks, he has just not looked right at times throwing the ball. Uh, and honestly, that, that running game, again, wasn't doing anything until Hayden came in there. And this C, uh, C plus, I think, is as much on the coaching staff as it is on the players. Yeah, Ryan Day's um he didn't call a very good game in the first half. I thought he did a really good job in the second half. Yes. And so, you know, thankfully there's two halves of football. I don't know if he has been trying to maybe hold some things back for Michigan. I I mean, we know that the whole uh quarterback run thing was definitely something that they were holding back for Michigan and of course that came out of the bag against Northwestern. And then they tried that once yesterday and it looked miserable. <laughs> it was not good. So I don't know, man. Is he holding anything back? I don't think so. I think what you see is what we got with this team. They, they, they are they are very good football team. Are they good enough to win the Big Ten? Beat that team up north next week at home. Go win the Big Ten championship and go on to compete in the CFP. I would say if they're on their A game next week, yes. If we're not and they are, I'm going to say no. So. I went B minus. You went C plus. Aaron went C because we're all kind of right there within percentage points of each other. Looking at the other side of the ball defensively, we gave up 318 yards passing. Only 84 rushing for a total of 402. Maryland averaged 5.9 yards per play. They had 22 first downs. Third down efficiency, we were still pretty good. They were only 6 of 14. They were one of one on fourth down. They possessed the ball for 29 minutes and 45 seconds. And, of course, they did have one turnover, the big one, pretty much the last play of the game. Aaron gave our defense a grade of C-. minus. I went with C. What do you have, Chris? Well, I'll tell you, right up until that last series, uh, I had them in a D. But I'm going to go ahead and give them a C- minus as well, uh, just because of the big play by uh, Harrison and Steel Chambers. At the end, they really pulled it out at the end. All right. So there's our great cards again to go over it again. Offensively, Aaron said C. Chris said C plus. I said B minus. Defensively, Aaron said C minus. Chris agreed at C minus. I gave him a little bit better at a C. So there is our report card for the Maryland game. Hopefully next week we have a report card against that team up north that looks much more like we had last week against Indiana than this week against Maryland. All right, let's hand out some Buckeye Leafs. Chris, let's start with the offensive player of the game. Ah, You already mentioned mine. I'm pretty sure that we're all going to be pretty much right there with one another uh, when it comes to the offensive player of the game, but I'll let you start here. Okay, when when you come in as a freshman, you get 146 and three much-needed touchdowns. This one belongs to you, Dallin Hayden. Yeah, it's Aaron, uh, Aaron agreed with you. I agreed with you. This is this was this was a slam dunk, right? Like, yeah. I mean, his you equate what he did in that second half to a full game yesterday. That guy's having one one of the greatest games in Buckeye history, dude. So, you know, <laughs> let's give the kid the rock. Let's see what he can do, right? I mean, it ain't gonna hurt nothing. It's definitely right. better than what we saw. You know, against uh, or in the first half there when uh, Travion Henderson's running the ball, 
let Dallin carry the carry the rock a little bit for a full game and see what happens. Now I don't know if next week's that game, but if Mayan Williams is ready to go, obviously let's give the ball to Mayan Williams. But if he's not healthy, and Henderson's not healthy, and they're they're at seventy five or eighty percent, and you have a hundred percent Dallin Hayden there, his a hundred percent yesterday looked pretty good. So yeah, yeah, and uh, I think if they're anything less than a hundred, especially Mayan, because you need him for that that uh, run through the playoffs if you get there. I think, and, and I do think they get there, by the way. I think they get there either way, to be honest, and we'll talk about that in a little bit. But, uh, you know, I, I, yeah, I think you rest those guys as much as you can and let Hayden, you know, give them a shot. All right, let's go to the defensive player of the game. Uh, Aaron went with the leading tackler. That would be Tommy Eichenberg. He had uh, 10, uh, 13 tackles. 10 of them, which were solo. Um, so another, just another good game from Tommy Eichenberg. I would decided to go a little bit of a different direction here. And I went with Zach Harrison. I know he didn't have the, uh, the tackling here numbers, but he had five tackles, two of which were solo, a sack, um, actually two sacks, two sacks. Two sacks. Uh, one of them was a strip sack there at the end of the game. So I went with uh, Zach Harrison as my defensive MVP. Who would you have? Yeah, I've been waiting since I've joined this show, Eric, to be able to do this. You know, for two years, I was the Zach Harrison, you know, groupie. I was the one who was, you know, out of the gate behind him every year. Finally, I get to give him one because, yeah, I'm with you. Five tackles, two sacks, two and a half tackles for loss, and a huge strip sack. That, that really sealed the deal uh, for the Buckeyes. I got to give it to them. Uh, all right. The offensive play of the game. <laughs> I don't know how this is offense, Aaron, but Aaron went with the punt block. I mean, I guess that's an off because we scored. Well, we did score, though. No. How's that the offensive play of the game? I, I, he just wanted to get. Lathan Ransom in there somewhere. And honestly, the kid deserved it. <laughs> it's a good play, but it's not really offense. So uh, maybe that was his way of avoiding handing out two leaves on defense this week, Eric. <laughs> there you go. There you go. I went with the went with I went with the Noah Ruggles 45-yard field goal in the fourth quarter. That was pretty clutch. After having the first one blocked, I was having a little bit of a nightmare there of Penn State. You know, where we go for the field goal and yeah. block it and run it back and get, you know, take the lead. And I, I was having a little bit of that, but Noah Ruggles steps up, drills the 45. We take a six point lead and then one strip sack later, it's ball game. So I went with Noah Ruggles for the 45 yard field goal as my offensive player play of the game. What about you? I'll tell you, for me, it was Hayden's first touchdown and only because. It wasn't flashy. It wasn't great, but I think it set a tone for what he was going to do for the rest of the game. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, he cut back too. Like, and then yes. he could have went left or right. He chose right, and it was the right decision. And next thing you know, boom, he's in the end zone. Yeah, that's a good one. All right, so we have three different ones there for the offensive play of the game. I kind of struggled coming up with one. That was a good one. Obviously, Aaron did as well, going with a punt block, uh, which was my defensive play or hit of the game. I went with the Latham Ransom punt block. That changed everything in that football game. We were losing when that happened. Comes out, that whole series, he had just a great um, great series. He made three tackles, then gets the punt block. Like That that was the whole changing of the game right there. And this after he broke his thumb uh, at the beginning of the game, too. So good on Lathan Ransom for having that kind of uh, toughness uh, to do what he did there. So that was my defensive player hit of the game. Aaron went with the Zach uh, Harrison strip uh, sack uh, into the arms of a steel chambers. That was his defensive play of the game. What about you? I'm going to agree with Aaron here. It's so nice. We got to do it twice. Bring Zach Harrison up there again. Who knows when we'll have another chance to give him out Buckeye leave. So. All right. So two of those. All right. So the Zach Harrison strip sack gets two. Buckeye leaves. All right, guys, that is uh, our first half of the show. We're going to take a quick commercial break. When we come back, Chris and I have got all kinds of questions from you guys. I knew after this game we were going to get some doozies. Boy, Chris, did we get some interesting questions. So we're going to tackle those when we get when we come back. 
The OHIO Podcast is brought to you by Mastermind. Mastermind specializes in 360-degree high-definition mobile video mapping, GIS integration, and traffic safety studies. Mastermind cares about traffic safety and keeping you safe on the roadway. Visit Mastermind at OnlineMastermind.com. And welcome back to the OHIO Podcast, everybody. I just took a drink there, Chris, and went down the wrong pipe. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> All right. We did have a poll question, but unfortunately it got hacked somehow, so we're not going to spend any more time on that. But we will dive into these questions, and we're going to spend the majority of the rest of this show, Chris, dissecting these questions. Let's go ahead and start with Brian Lee Oberst, who was very active last night in helping put this show together for us. All right. His first question, Chris, did we peek ahead too much or just underestimate the turtles? Yes. <laughs> both. <laughs> I think it was a little bit of both. Um, and I think that, you know, it, I think it almost would have been better if we were playing simultaneously with Michigan. Because I'll bet their eyes were on that game beforehand, too. So, you know, I think that... Uh, yeah, I think there was a little bit of both there. Uh, you know, it seemed like, and I mentioned it yesterday when we were talking, Eric, I felt like they were a little unprepared going into this game. Maybe they took it a little easy this weekend practice. I don't know. Uh, but, yeah, they just, they underestimated what Maryland was capable of. I have no doubt of that. Yeah, I I think we got Maryland's best effort, though, man, too. Like, I've watched this I've watched this team play, and they, they at times they just weren't good. So I don't know. Maybe, maybe, maybe we did. Maybe we just ran into their their best effort, and and it was just one heck of a football game. And you know, you we play this team ten times, and nine other times we just destroy them. You know, but this one time we just got their best effort. And here's the thing. This is this is a repeat of history of when we walk into their stadium. They come to the shoe, we absolutely annihilate them. We go to their place and we struggle. I mean, it's 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 becoming kind of a a a, a routine here. Um, this is that this this is one of those places that even though we had a really nice fan turnout, we just don't play well there, Chris. I don't know, just something. Eric, I would say this too, you know. In the past, and even I've even mentioned it, I think, a couple times this year, Ohio State sometimes has a tendency to play down to their opponent. I think Maryland is one of these teams that also plays up to their opponents. You look, they played that team up north very tough. They played us very tough. When they are playing good teams, I think they tend to give just, whether it's like you said, a little more effort, whether there's better, you know, better, uh, preparation i don't know but when they have a big game they seem to step up they may not be able to get over that hump just yet but watch out because i think that in the future this team will be a team to contend with okay so i've been thinking about your question earlier about who uh dallin hayden reminds me of as a ohio state running back can i give you a name from the past way back what about tim spencer Oh, you, were you even alive when Tim Spencer was back here, Eric? Yes, I was alive. I was just a little tyke, but I was alive. Yeah, wow. I've I, seen some I, videos. I, see that. <laughs> I just feel like there's a little bit of, like, I've, I've, I've watched some of the Tim Spencer highlights, you know, when he was a Buckeye. But obviously, I, I remember Tim Spencer more from being in the NFL. Yeah. Than I do than I do him at Ohio State. And of course, we know that that's the father of one, Evan Spencer. So uh, he was okay too. He was pretty had a pretty good game against Miami. Not, if I'm not mistaken, Evan Spencer's probably got one of the best quarterback ratings in Ohio State history. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Just Tim Spencer came to my mind there as I was thinking about it. So yeah. All right, back to the questions here. Uh, let's see. Brian Lee Oberst, did the top four all peek ahead a little bit this week? You know, I don't know. 
I, See, I don't think I don't think extent. Michigan did. I think we saw the real Michigan without Blake Corum. Yeah, I think they looked ahead to some extent. But I would also say this, Eric, I think this may be the most parody we have seen in college football in a long in time. Two decades. That I I agree with you a hundred percent. Like if this was the year where they actually had twelve teams in the playoff, like you legitimately could say, I have no idea who's gonna win this thing. Yeah, I mean literally you, you think about this. If last year's Cincinnati team was playing this year, they would be right in the mix. Oh, absolutely. And I, I would go as far as to say they would have a legitimate shot at making a playoff run. Because I think there's just that much parity in this game this year. Yeah, I agree. Uh, the next one, Brian Lee asks, he, he gave us a whole bunch yesterday. Uh, Hayden ran with more urgency than Henderson. Do you agree? I think we already answered that question. Yeah. Yes. Uh, we had too many mental mistakes today. Absolutely. Yeah. I believe we will have a dogfight next week. Do you agree with that? Or is one team going to dominate the other? I do not think next week's game is a domination by one team or the other. I will be surprised if next week's game is a dominate, dominating a, a performance by one team. But I will say this. If this game ends up being a dominating performance by one team, it'll be Ohio State that dominates that team up north. Yeah. and I, It and won't I'll be the you, other way. I've, I've looked at the weather report, Eric. 50 and sunny, baby. 50. Partly sunny. No, no high wind warnings. And I still, I think it's, I think, I think it's still going to be a good game. The one factor that could change that is if Quorum cannot play. Yeah. If Quorum can't go, I think this could be a domination. It, it, it very well could be. All right. Uh, Nick Quint, what was the main reason we played the way we did today? Why did we struggle and let Maryland stay in the game? All right. Let's dive into these cornerbacks, shall we? <laughs> I believe, Nick Quint, the reason why Maryland was able to do what they did, especially offensively, was our cornerbacks were playing way off of these wide yeah. receivers. Now, Chris, let's let's hypothetically, if we could get into the mind of Jim Knowles, Try to figure out why we were doing this. And, the, and as I pondered upon this last night, I'm wondering if he was so worried about them burning us deep because he knew how good they were going to be as wide receivers and how much we have struggled at times at the cornerback position. If he didn't tell them, I want you 10 yards off the entire game. It's possible. It, it really is possible. Um the other thing is, I think, and we've talked about the players looking ahead to next week. Do we think maybe that over the last few weeks we have been focused on a preparation for that game to the, to the extent that we have focused so much on the run that we've kind of let ourselves lax a little bit on the pass? Hmm. I mean, you talk because defense. we've done an excellent job of stopping the run the last couple of weeks. I could I could make the argument on the other side of the ball. We've done the exact same thing. I agree. I think um, we are so focused on running the ball right now that it may very well cost C.J. Stroud the Heisman Trophy. It all depends on what happens Saturday in in the shoe. Um, right now, his only competition is is coming into the shoe. For that for that trophy, you know what? Watch out for a dark horse in that kid down there at TCU. Nah, not at this that point. One. Not at this point. It's over. If 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 he if he walks away from that game having three or four touchdown passes and a win, you can just about lock it up. Yeah, um, but we we haven't seen him come out and do the four touchdown passes in a big game in recently, Eric. Not in a big game. You're right. It's been a while. <laughs> so. I would say Rose Bowl is probably the last big game yeah. he did that. I mean, you got the uh, Notre Dame game. He only had, what, one? Yep. Like one touchdown pass? One. Uh, let's see. Penn State, he had, was it just one? Two? Maybe. It wasn't a lot. I know that. It was either one or two. I can't recall. And then, of course, you know, yesterday he only had one again, too. So, yeah, you're right. It's been it's been a minute since he's got, gone out and, you know, done that against really good competition. So, 
Yeah, he's going to have to earn it. I agree. He'll have to earn it. Um, no doubt about that. But let's get back to Nick's question. What was the main reason why we played the way we did yesterday? Okay, let's give it some percentages. Looking ahead, I'll give it. I'll give looking ahead about twenty-five to thirty-five percent. Yeah. I'll give defensive scheme about another twenty-five percent. I'll give the fact that we had an unhealthy running back and continue to feed him the ball when he couldn't even get to the line, let alone see the line, let alone hit the hit the hole. Another twenty-five percent. So that gives us 75 to 85% right there. And then I'll give the other 25% to Maryland for their, their game plan. I thought they had a great game plan. I thought they executed the game plan well. And I think Talia Tagovailoa had the game of his life. Yeah. So all you put all those things together, Nick. That's why we we walked out of there barely with a 13-point win. And, and we, we're going to claim a 13-point win. That's what the, the uh, box score shows. Uh, Let's be cool. honest. It was much closer than that. <laughs> Yeah, that was a three-point win down to 13. What do you think, Chris? Do you agree with that, or would you add anything else to that? I do. I If anything, you know, and I might even give a little bit more of that to Talia, just because I think he – first of all, I think he's severely underrated. Uh, you and I were both extremely high on that guy in this team going yeah, into the we, season. we were, and I think he is an outstanding quarterback. When he has the time to throw, um, I, I don't think he's. Not only he doesn't make the, the as good of decisions as what his brother did. Uh, I think he has a tendency to make a few more errors, but he's a very talented quarterback, and he deserves a lot of credit for what happened yesterday. Absolutely, man. Yeah, I, I mean, a lot of times it's it's one thing for us to. Look at our team uh, objectively, which is what we what we do everything every single Sunday when we get on here on a Sunday evening and we talk about the game from you know 24 hours ago. We 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 literally look at this thing and we dissect what we as a team did or didn't do. But sometimes we need to look at our opponent and just you know tip our hat to him and say that was a heck of a game plan and that was a heck of a performance. And that kind of is how I feel about yesterday's game. Is I feel like. Talia had the game of his life, man. He played absolutely great. And sometimes you just have to recognize greatness, and that's what that was a little bit. Okay, moving on. Uh, let's. Uh, we've talked about Lathan Ransom already, Brian, so we'll skip that one. Okay, Brian Lee Oberst, should we take a page out of Alabama's AD and schedule a weaker team and not, not someone in the Big Ten before that team up north game? I wish we could, Brian, but unfortunately, that is not an option for us because we play in the Big Ten where we actually play nine conference games, and the Big Ten is the ones who make the schedule, not our AD. The only part of the schedule that the AD has control of is those non-conference games. So the Big Ten is the one who has control of our schedule, which, by the way, did you know in our nine conference games next year, we play five of them on the road. So we yeah, play. We play cool. Well, that is it's it. See, see, that's part of the problem of playing nine conference games. Yeah. Every other year you play one more on the road than you do at home. Well, so happens next year too, because we played Notre Dame at home this year. We also have to go, uh, to, uh, uh, touchdown Jesus up there in South Bend. So next year's schedule is six home games, six road games. With a a good game to to take a tailgate party to. That'd be great. Wouldn't it? Which, is scary. We'll get into this in the offseason, Chris. We're going to have a brand-new quarterback next year, man. You know six, what? Six road I'm games. I'm honestly not worried. No? Not at all? Uh, very very little. Now, he's not going to be C.J. Stroud coming out there. He's got a different skill set. But you know what? I think when he has gotten in this year, he's looked really good. I think he's getting more comfortable. And, uh, you know, he's going to have a, a full, you know, couple years in the system. So I'm pretty confident. All right, we'll see. We'll have all offseason to dissect that. Deb yeah. Gordon, my question is, what was that? Well, we've kind of already talked about what that was. And where are we at with players with injuries? So here's some new injury updates. 
Tommy Eichenberg is playing with not one, but two broken hands. And if he plays with a third broken hand, then that would just be amazing. But he's got two of them, Chris. Both hands are broken. He's still playing. Lathan Ransom broke his thumb yesterday and still had an amazing game. So those are two of the uh, defensive injuries that uh, I can update you on. Um, I think, if I'm not mistaken, Chris, that the injury that Travion Henderson is dealing with is turf toe. Um, you know, people think that that's silly, a silly injury. It's not. It's it, not. It, it hurts, man. <laughs> I've had it once in my life, and and unfortunately, just like JSN's injury, there's nothing you can do about it except time. Yeah. Um, and what is, what's interesting is Ryan Day said right after the game that Travion had an amazing week of practice. He had a great week of practice, felt no pain, was going full full speed, 100%, was ready to go, and literally this flares up on him as soon as they play the game. So you can't blame Ryan Day for you know for the flare up. I can blame him for leaving him in about two series too long, but you know. That's that. There's that injury. I can't tell you what's where we're at with Mayan Williams. It sounds like it is a um, upper calf strain for him that he's dealing with. Um, so don't know if he's going to be 100 percent or ready to go next week or able to play. Uh, we just lost our right uh, right guard. Matthew Jones went down with what appeared to be a pretty serious injury, so he's probably not going to be playing next week either. So there's that to deal with. So those are some of the injury updates I have for you. I do not anticipate Jackson Smith and the Jigba playing uh, this upcoming week. Ryan Day uh, said about JSN uh, this week, it has gone from um, I expect him to at one point try again to I hope so. I hope he does, yeah. Yeah, so that, I don't look for that to happen. That that almost sounds like the the precursor to he's shut down for the season. I would say what is going to what this is is th- I think this is what you're going to see here. If we could beat the team up north, and we can win the Big Ten, and we get into the CFP, then we'll see where we're at. Maybe. Yeah. Fifty fifty coin flip. If but at that point, he's going to have a better idea, too, of what his draft stock looks like. And does he want to go out there and risk playing? Well, in the CFP, I think the, the whole thing, as we learned when we interviewed his dad, was this is all about a championship here. So right. if we if we lose and, we, and we're not playing for championships, forget it. Forget it. He, he's going to shut it down. Those are the best – that's the best information I can give you, Deb, about injuries. They are so tight lip over there uh, at the Woody when it comes to these kids and their injuries. I can't give you any more than that. That's just what I know. All right. Eric Osbeck, with Baylor and TTUN barely winning also yesterday, is it a case of all these teams looking towards next week? Kind of already hit that one already. We kind of said, yeah, we think so, plus parity, like you said, Chris. And would you say TTUN's last second victory over Illinois should be more concerning for their fame base than our fourth quarter collapse? Mm. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And I'll tell you why, Eric, because I, I watched that game uh, with that team up north against Illinois. And let me tell you, that very upset head coach was absolutely right. It took some home cooking for them to pull that game out. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> all right. Uh, also, he said, Eric says, even with that win, aren't you glad we aren't Tennessee? Wish I were good old Rocky Top. <laughs> Rocky Top got a little bit embarrassed there against uh, about with against the Cox. Rocky that? Top got smoothed out. Rock, Rocky Top got beat down by the Cox. I don't know, man. I, I just that, that joke writes itself. Um, <laughs> well, I'll tell you this much, Eric. Uh, yesterday, I sure glad I wasn't uh, good old Rocky Top, man. Um, yeah, that's uh, that that fan base went from we're the next uh, LSU Georgia to 
to uh, I, I guess we're just uh, a step above Florida real quick there. Last couple of weeks. Yikes. Oh, no. Florida did lose to Vanderbilt, didn't they? They, they did. Oh, good old SEC. <laughs> Vanderbilt went from not winning a conference game for like 28 straight back, to winning back. two in a row. What's up with that? I thought the SEC was great or something. Um, yeah, so there you have it, man. That's that's uh, good questions, Eric. All right. Best question of the week. Here we go. From Don Hoffer. I know most fans are having a mental meltdown over our performance today, but I think having this kind of game sets us up well for TTUN. My question are as follows. Given the injuries to both Edwards and Corum, do you think TTUN has the QB and passing game to compensate for a weaker running game? Mm. Yeah. Let's, let's take that one first. I'm going to say no. I've watched them enough this year to know. They just do not. Now, if all of a sudden they come out and they're throwing the football all over the yard and we can't stop it, either that is an absolute um, breakdown on our part to see how bad we truly are at the cornerback position. But Jim Knowles is a smart enough defensive coordinator. I just don't think that's going to happen. Now, obviously, if Corum goes and he's healthy enough to play, you've got to stop him. But what I saw yesterday out of Illinois in that game was they they couldn't run without those two guys, man. And when they couldn't run, it was it was on their quarterback, and he is just not accurate enough to win you a a game in a shootout against a team like Ohio State. So I do not think they have the passing game to beat us. I just don't, Don. And if they do, and we really are that bad at the cornerback position, then my gosh, what's going to happen when we play a Purdue in the Big Ten championship game? Or, you know, or God yes, forbid we go, we go up against, you know, Georgia or TCU. and they Because they got passing games, man. Yeah, so, they can't defend a lick, but they got a passing game. So, yeah, I, I this is uh that that right there will be a, an absolute nightmare if that's the case. Because if that happens, then not only did they win the game, but they beat you at your game, which they couldn't beat anybody. They couldn't beat anybody at that game, and then all of a sudden they beat you. So no, I don't think that's going to happen. Uh, also, what are your guys' Michigan Week traditions? And he did the right thing there. He had the M X'd out with red. So thank you, Don. What is your Michigan Week tradition, Chris? He says his is to watch the hour-long documentary on the rivalry that had Bo Schimbeckler on it right before his passing. That's a good one. Yeah, uh, that's a good one. You know, I don't know that I've necessarily got any set traditions. Um, you know, I usually sit around and watch the game with, you know, my wife. Uh, it's the one game of year I can always count on that she'll watch with me. <laughs> um, but, you know, when I was younger, I liked to, to, you know, there was always parties and things like that that I would hit. Or, you know, when I was out here at uh, OSU Marion, we did a lot of events uh, during uh, Rivalry Week. But uh, I don't think I've got anything set in stone because a lot of times, honestly, Eric, you're talking about Thanksgiving week, so it's it's spending Thanksgiving with family. You know, I, I'm part of the Ohio State store, uh, so I'm always working out there uh, this week because it's a huge week for us. So, yeah, I don't necessarily really have anything special. Huh. I think, uh, well, I think we need to start something special, and that is we always – uh, well, first off, we're always going to record the preview show, right? I mean, so there's one. Um, we always are going to try to talk to Sean and talk smack with him. So you got that rivalry. But I tell you, um, there's there's coming up uh, a new special coming on from Fox is putting on and called The Rivalry about about the team up north and us and what this game means. I'm really looking forward to that show. Um, that should be coming on. I think it's on this week some point. Um, you know, he, Don's got a nice one there watching the documentary about the rivalry. I think that's, that's always really good. One of the things that I've done is I've gone back and watched the 2006 game just about every year in the last, I don't know, four or five years. 
before the game. I'll watch the, that that game. There's there's a really nice uh, piece that uh, the Big Ten Network did where they have some of the former players get on there and talk about it, what that game was like, what it meant to them. And, of course, you get to actually watch the highlights from the game as they do that speed through the game real fast where they cut out all the downtime. So that's a lot of fun. I will probably do that again. It's be, kind of just become a tradition, even though I really didn't think about it, but it has kind of done that. So um, that's what I might do this week, Chris, as a possible, you know, preparation for what is going to be uh, the biggest game since 2006. And Chris, I'm going to this one. So I'm pretty pumped about that. Yeah. Yeah. I can imagine you are. Yeah, this is my first one, man. So I'm. I'm well, I hope jacked. it's one you get to enjoy. Yeah, I know, right? That could be a long, cold walk back to the car if it's if it's not. Well, Otherwise, that walk could be great. Degrees, Eric. But it could still be a cold one if you know what I mean. Yeah. All right, let's take a trip around the Big Ten. This was yeah. supposed to be uh, Aaron's job today, but uh, I guess since. Aaron's not here. I'll take care of it. And I'm going to do it Aaron style. (laughs) Okay, here we go. Ohio State won 43 to 30. Of course, the game before us up uh, in Ann Arbor, the team up north on a last second field goal, won 19 to 17 to survive. And if you would have if you would have talked or seen any of the highlights, Jim Harbaugh thought that was the greatest win of all time. I, I, I don't understand the guy like he's just. He is just on cloud nine. We went 43 to 30, and it's like we're devastated. They went 19 to 17 on a last-second field goal, and they just think it's the it's the cat's meow. Uh, that's the, that tells you everything you know about these te- these two programs where we're at right there. Penn State continues their dominating ways. I, Chris, I'm just gonna say something. I think Penn State right now might be playing the best football in the entire conference. And if there if there was if this was a yeah. 12 team playoff this might be the team that scares you the most right now they are dominating they won 55 to 10 they beat maryland who we just barely beat 43 to 30 last week 30 to nothing i don't know what's going on over there at uh in, in happy valley but my gosh penn state right now is so that playing young man they've got in the football. back you know, just he's going to be a beast for the next few years eric he's going to be hard to handle Allen, yeah, yeah. Tough. yeah, Singleton and Allen both. Allen had 11 carries, 117 yards on 11 carries. That's not bad. What is that? Uh, roughly a little over 10 yards a carry. Uh, 10.7, I think. Yeah, something like that. That's that's, that's a pretty good average. Oh my gosh, yeah, that's not getting quite, it done. Uh, not quite Xavier Johnson numbers, you know, but not bad. All right, over in Lincoln, Nebraska, Wisconsin comes from behind. They were trailing 14-3 to going into the fourth quarter. Twelve points later, they come away with a 15-14 to win. And Bucky Badger is now bowl eligible. So they fire their coach. He went, they string off a few wins. They're still not fixed, but they're 6-5 and five and going bowling. Northwestern still has not won a game here in the continental U.S. of A., after beating Nebraska overseas to start the season, they lose to Perdon 17 to 9. Aiden O'Connell, 16 of 25 for only 159 yards and two touchdowns. He's not looked great lately, despite the fact Purdue is winning, uh, winning these games. He's not looked all that good in doing so. But here's what's crazy. So um, I'll come back to them in just a second. Iowa goes into Minneapolis in a game that none of us thought would happen. Iowa survives and wins 13 to 10. Minnesota had the football inside the red zone four times and only came away with 10 points in the loss, 13 to 10. And Iowa now sits in the driver's seat for the Big Ten West. Since they defeated Purdue in the head-to-head, if Iowa beats Nebraska this week, they will go to the Big Ten Championship. If they lose to Nebraska and Purdue beats Indiana, the Boilermakers will represent the West. If they both lose and Illinois wins this week against Northwestern, then the Illini will represent the Big Ten West. So to me, it sounds like Iowa is going to somehow come away 
as Big Ten West champions this year. Isn't that crazy, Chris? Yeah, and, and I'll tell you what. Um, that's – you know what, though? Who knows? Maybe Nebraska finds a way. What would, what would be a lot of fun is what happens if all three lose? Then it would be Iowa. Oh, yeah. Yeah, still would be Iowa. <laughs> oh yeah, unbelievable! That's just unbelievable. It's you crazy. know, and I don't know which team. I mean, obviously, I think I was the one I'm going to face because we've handled them already. But yeah, I don't know. I just don't know. On that Doesn't track, who on that is, track, we would. I feel them. like the West is a sacrificial lamb, no matter yeah, what. Yeah, it, it is. It it really is. Michigan State, after after climbing back, bouncing back for what was a terrible day for them in Ann Arbor with a couple nice wins, they host Indiana and lose to the Hoosiers in overtime, 39-31. to And what has got to be – that might be a worse loss for them than what they suffered against their rival uh, the uh, uh, rival uh, loserings. That might be worse. Losing to Indiana in overtime, 39-31. And, and this after having like a 15-yard field goal at the end of the game to win it that was wide left. Wow. Mel Tucker, dude. Mm. Well, and you expect to lose to Michigan. You don't expect to lose to Indiana. No. So they are now 5-6, and six, and if they somehow – they need to upset Penn State next week on the road, which is just not going to happen, dude. Like you're you're gonna lose that game. Penn State's gonna beat you. I, I Penn State is just right now dominating. Um, Michigan's gonna Michigan State's gonna end up being five and seven and not even going to a bowl game this year. So your bowl eligible teams in the Big Ten: Ohio State, Maryland, Illinois, Michigan, Penn State, Wisconsin, Purdue, Iowa, Minnesota. Michigan State has got to win at Purdue to become bowl eligible. And then of course Indiana. Northwestern, Nebraska, Rutgers are all no longer bowl eligible. That's your Big Ten, Chris. It's a dumpster fire. They, what they used to call it, the Big Two and Little Eight, I think is what they used to call it. Now with the Big Two and Little Twelve. It's the, it's the Big Two and Little Twelve. Well, it's the Big Two. The mediocre one and, and the, well, the little, little eleven. The little 11. Yeah, there you go. All right, guys. So, Chris, we've got something start. we started new. Brian Lee Oberst gave us this week's submission. Who's our bonehead of the week? Well, I'll tell you, Eric, I read this one. And as hot as I was yesterday, I still can honestly say I never said anything quite this well, stupid. Our bonehead of the week award goes to Thomas Yekreb. And Thomas says... I hope that once the Buckeyes lose to Maryland tonight, it gives them enough reason to get rid of Ryan Day after this season is over. Seriously? I mean, come on. That guy hasn't lost a handful of games in his head coaching career, and you want to get rid of him? That's that. That's beyond bonehead, Eric. I don't even know what to say to that. Do you know what Ryan Day's record is, overall record, as a head coach at Ohio State? Uh, a lot to very little. 45-4. and four. Yeah. His Big Ten record right now, 31-1. and one. Yep, he's lost one Big Ten game. His bull record right now, 2-1. and 0-1 one. One, oh one in national championships, but... He got the one. 45 and four. 40, 45 and four. And Thomas Yekreb. With two like, CFP appearances in that time, by the way. Right. So, okay. I'm gonna, let me break down his comment first off. I hope once the Buckeyes lose to Maryland tonight. Okay, for real? Like, you really believe that, number one. And number two, you hope your team loses? What what kind of fan does that? Like like I to that statement alone is asinine. And then to think that a loss to Maryland all of a sudden is going to give 
the athletic director, Gene Smith, like, oh, this is just well, completely unacceptable. Was, You're fired. Did like, you see his follow-up quote? I did. Go ahead and read through. Well, first off. Uh, After catching a lot of grief for this stupidity he, 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 he spouted, he doubled down on it, Eric. He doubled down and says, "There's a got a, he's a great offensive coordinator, a crappy head coach. Everything Harbaugh said about him is spot on. First so of all, he, Harbaugh he, has never been right about anything in his life. <laughs> it almost sounds like a closet Michigan fan, doesn't it? Uh, I don't think he's in the closet, Eric. I think he's hopped on out of the closet. Oh, he's he's just letting his freak flag fly, huh? Yeah, I think so because you, you know before you, you before you say something this stupid, you should really put on your woody hat and think about it. Let me tell you, <laughs> right? Wow, I don't even know where to go with this, Eric. <laughs> but this is a great segment. I love this because it truly shows just how many unintelligent people there are in the world <laughs> oh my gosh this segment's quickly become one of my favorites it's just so unfortunate we have to the last two weeks we've had to pick on buckeye fans because oh my gosh that's just it's just asinine like i said like i i, I hope we lose to maryland tonight well first off why well that way we'll get rid of day oh the guy who's 45 and four is a head coach yeah get rid of that guy huh so, like, so have you gone on this guy's profile, Eric? Did you see that he actually is a Buckeyes fan? Yes, he is. Yeah. What's he? He want Urban back? I I don't know. Like I I don't know that even Urban Meyer was. I don't know that Urban Meyer was even forty five and four in his first. I'd have to go back and look. Like. I think Urban Meyer well, was... We know that his first two seasons, he only lost one game because he went undefeated the first year and went to the won the championship the next. Right, so he had the loss to... Um, Virginia Tech. Virginia Tech. And then in the third year, he lost back-to-back because he lost to Clemson, and then we lost to... Uh, we lost the very next game, which was a season... Uh, the, no, not the very next game, but trying to remember trying to remember yes he did we lost back to back because we lost to michigan state in the big 10 and we lost to clemson and then we lost to yeah so there's three losses right there and then the following year um we beat oklahoma i think is a non-conference game but then we lost to them yeah then i think the next year we had the terrible like uh loss to um iowa or something like that so it was I'd have, to very close and, yeah, I'd have to go back. back and look, but they're 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 pretty close in, in what they're doing. But here here's the thing, man. Like, what do you expect? Like, what's the what what is his expectation as as a fan? That's what I want to ask. What are I your expectations? Never lose the game, ever. So ever. You, you can't. It, it's impossible. That is literally impossible. Even ask Alabama fans this year. They've lost two games this year. And they might lose a third, like, it, you know, and, and, and they're, you know, but they had seven championships. Like, you want to trade? Like, I would trade for that. Would that make you happy, Thomas? I, I don't know. Like, my gosh. Unbelievable, dude. I, I, I can't even get a, that comment is just blew me away. When, when, that, when that was sent to me by Brian Lee Overs, I was like, you've got to be kidding me. Someone actually said this. I can't believe he wants to fire Trestle 2.0. I, I don't know, man. Trestle 2.0. Oh yes, yeah. That guy was at it again yesterday too. He almost made our made it back to back with some stupid stuff. Anywho, you ever have someone that you see on social media on Facebook where you're like, 
this person needs to be called out. He is a complete and utter bonehead. Take a snapshot of it. Send it to the OHIO podcast. You can do so via on Facebook by using Instant Messenger. You can always email it to us at theohiopodcast at gmail.com. Let's make these people famous. And if you know Thomas Yekreb, be sure to let him know he's on the OHIO podcast because he's a bonehead. All right, Chris, we have made it. It is hate week. We now have our eyes set on Saturday in the shoe. The game is about to hit both teams 11-0. Enjoy this week, everybody. Enjoy Thanksgiving if you have the opportunity still to, to gather around a table and be thankful for uh, your blessings and for, for your family. Be sure and do that. Enjoy that if you have time off of work. And then get ready for Saturday. We will be back later this week to preview the game. So make sure you check back with us later this week for that. And uh, hopefully we'll be uh, making plans for Indy, Chris, after this upcoming Saturday, my friend. That would would be a great thing. Uh, You know, I'm going to try to keep myself somewhat optimistic. Uh, you know, so like I said, given what everybody else did, I'm going I'm to stay on the optimistic side. I've cooled down a little since yesterday. You know, I was pretty close to being the bonehead of the week myself, but, you know, I, I reined it in. Yeah, you almost got there. We had to, we had, you had, you had to, you had to shut it down there for a few minutes. I noticed you were, you had to just turn it off. You were. <laughs> and, and you know, Eric, that's exactly what I did. I took, I paused the game, I got up and walked away for about a half an hour, came back, and we'll say I did it so I didn't have to watch any commercials, but I really did it to give my blood pressure a chance to lower before I turned it back on. (laughs) Uh, Thankfully, Lathan Ransom kind of got things turned around for us, and we were able to take the bull by the horns there. and. Get away from uh, College Park, Maryland with a dub. We're now 11-0 and and setting up for everything we wanted, my man. So looking forward to that. As always, be kind to one another. I owe someone's OH and sing Carmen, Ohio with all your heart. And until next time, OH! I owe! Go Bucks. Oh, come, let's sing Ohio's praise. And songs through armor while our hearts rebounding thrill and joy which death alone can still summer's heat. Oh, winter's cold, the seasons pass, the years will roll. Time and change will surely show how firm thy friendship. Oh, hi, yo.